Welcome into Scoops with DannyMac.com and my podcast with Taylor Twelman, one of the great soccer players and athletes ever to come out of St. Louis. This is brought to you by Hair Saloon for Men, Hotshot Sports Bar and Grill, Schnooks, Think Local, Think Schnooks, and Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. I was really looking forward to doing this podcast. Taylor, extremely, and I mean extremely, passionate about the sport of soccer and what MLS could mean to the city of St. Louis. In this podcast, we get into what MLS is all about, if you don't know. Where does St. Louis stand in terms of bringing a team to town? The potential great ownership that has come together to make this happen. What fans can do, you the fans, to help in the cause of bringing a team to the Gateway City. And also, his outstanding foundation, which helps athletes in all sports deal with concussions. That cut short his career, and he's giving back in that regard. As I mentioned, this is presented by Hair Saloon for Men. I go there, I take both my boys there, and we get the perfect haircut. Hair Saloon, the home base, right here in St. Louis, founded in 1997. Hair Saloon keeps client notes on each customer. So good luck with both my boys as their hairstyles continue to change with every week, but they'll help out. They can do it, and they'll be assured that they know what you want in the privacy of your own cutting station. On-the-house services include with your haircut, complimentary beverage, relaxing shampoo, hot towel at a mint, complimentary shoe shine, all that for just $22. For an extra 5 bucks, get a stress-relieving scalp massage or neck shave. I go there. My boys love it. They sit down, they pop on the TV, they're watching the games, they got a Coke in their hand, and they're relaxed. I love it. We go to Hair Saloon for Men, and you should as well. On October 10th, St. Louis and sports fans in town got a surprise. MLS was back on the map here in town. Jim Cavanaugh, who's been amazing at trying to get a team to St. Louis, he has worked tirelessly to try to make this happen, stepped to the mic to make a, a formal announcement of the possibility of an MLS team coming to St. Louis. I feel I'm in an incredibly fortunate position. As you all know, the Taylor family has been so up in, you know, soccer fanatics for a number of years, right? Well, not really, you know. <laughs> so what I will say is that it's very exciting for me to see the entire Taylor family become soccer fanatics and so passionate about the game and see how this works and as Andy mentioned it really is a global game and it's a global game that touches people everywhere around the world from any background ethnic background income you know it brings so many people together so I'm very excited about what this can do for St. Louis and our community and 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 I you know just cannot leave the stage without saying in regards to the Taylor family you know, Andy didn't first come to me and, you know, just started asking a lot of questions about this because he was so passionate about soccer, which he is now. But he came because the entire Taylor family is so passionate about St. Louis and about giving back. And there's so many things that this family has done in regards to St. Louis that people don't even know about. It's incredible. So I would just say I, I feel very fortunate to be part of this incredible team that we have. And I, it's kind of fun to see Andy get bossed around by all the women up here. So I, I hope I, I've, that's, that's going to cost me. So anyway, I'm just joking about that. But, but I do want to say I'm incredibly excited about the opportunity. I feel very fortunate to be part of this partnership. And I'm so excited about what this can mean for St. Louis. And we collectively need to come together to make this happen. So thank you very much.
As a lifelong St. Louisan, thank you, Jim Cavanaugh, CEO of Worldwide Technology. Thank you to the Taylor family for putting forth an effort to improve our community. And they've done so much in charitable efforts outside of sports and now with the potential of a soccer team coming to town. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm behind it, and I hope it happens. This is presented by Hotshot Sports Bar and Grill. Blues fans, and by the way, Enterprise stepped up on the naming rights of the downtown facility for the Blues. I want to remind you that Blues fans are invited to join the party all season long for St. Louis Blues Ticket Tuesdays at Hot Shots. Customers can enter to win a pair of Blues tickets at every Hot Shots location during every Tuesday Blues game this season. So you throw on your Blues gear, show up, register to win a pair of tickets, cheer on the Blues while you enjoy awesome specials on food and drinks. That's only at Hot Shots Sports Bar and Grill. If you're a soccer fan, you're really going to enjoy a long conversation with Taylor Twelman. MLS back to St. Louis, coming to St. Louis. Let's find out. Taylor Twelman coming up. Hi, I'm Ryan Kelly with thehomeloanexpert.com. There's never been a better time to look at a refinance. Maybe it's time to get rid of the PMI or get some cash out to pay off the credit cards. Five minutes could save you 500 bucks a month. Thehomeloanexpert.com. Enjoy the podcast. Coming to you from the Lou Fuse Automotive Studios, we get a chance to talk a little soccer with Taylor Twelman, who is one of the most decorated uh, professional athletes in soccer ever to come out of St. Louis. And, and Taylor, I'm a Vianney guy. You went to SLU. Um, I hope this conversation goes well. Because considering my baseball career in high school, you guys were the best team in the MCC conference, so I'll give you that much. <laughs> what, do, what do you think about soccer coming back to St. Louis? It's on the, the front burner again. Just your general impressions of what may happen here in St. Louis with the MLS. If that stadium is built, Dan, and it's built the right way, which everything I've seen and looked at, um, it, it looks like it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. And you're really talking about top five, top seven markets in Major League Soccer. And I've said this always, that there's very few cities in our country where soccer's embedded in the history of that city not just in sports, and that's the case here in St. Louis. So when I look at it, Dan, uh, it's a home run. I know about five, six years ago when Major League Soccer and the Board of Governors got together and they listed and talked about expansion and, and all that stuff, they listed the cities. 1A was St. Louis, Missouri. Now, 1B was San Diego, and to be honest with everyone listening to this, Nashville and Cincinnati were not on the list. They got their act together much quicker, much faster, much more efficiently than St. Louis did. Uh, but the reality is right now, you and I are talking October 8, 2018, St. Louis is back on the map, and it's got everyone in uh, the MLS circles really talking and really considering it. I mean, they, they realize, those folks, the major decision makers of the league, they realize the history here in St. Louis. They're, they're not dumb. They understand that fans would support it. It seems like it would be a no-brainer, but yet you had the first bid fail, and now this one comes back to fruition. Why do you think it, it, it went off the burner, taking away the vote, but then coming back on the burner um, for soccer here in St. Louis? Good question, Dan. It's a really good question. I think first and foremost, our former governor coming out right away saying that it was welfare for millionaires 
uh, didn't help the cause whatsoever for Jim Cavanaugh, Peacock, and, and Paul Eggerly in that group. So that they had an uphill battle no matter what. Now, when you actually dug into the first deal and the vote and whatnot, it actually wasn't a bad deal whatsoever. It was actually going to be used, you know, it, it was going to be used in the long haul. It was going to be fine for the city. No one was going to lose money. Actually, the city was going to make money. I digress, though. The, the point is, is that when our former governor said that, you almost knew it was never going to work. The Taylor family, you know as well as I, if not better, is royalty in St. Louis, and rightfully so. What they've done philanthropically, what they do for the city, the fact that Jim Cavanaugh, who deserves a ton of credit for rolling up his sleeves, not giving up, uh, the Taylor family, led by so many of their strong women in that family, are going to be majority owners. It's a no-brainer, and I love the fact, Dan, that it's a 100% local ownership group. Uh, I think that's extremely important for St. Louisans. Uh, and I also think, Dan, they, 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 it's a discussion that no one wants to be had, but downtown St. Louis and the city of St. Louis, it's it's behind times a little bit. When, no doubt. when I'm traveling to Kansas cities of the world where, you know, for when I was growing up, Kansas City was chasing St. Louis in, in relevancy and just trying to keep up. The, St. Louis is light years behind. It's not young. It's, it's not um, cosmopolitan. Whatever word you want to use for it, it, it struggles. And the sport of soccer is the most inclusive sport that we have in our country. It's only going to make St. Louis better. And that's why I think it's much more than just soccer, St. Louis, stadium. I actually think it's going to help downtown more than people think. Absolutely, and it's a, a, an area of town that, that needs something there. It'll brighten it up. It'll, it'll be bars and restaurants around it. It'll be something that's activity for downtown. Now, as we all know, pro sports, and you played it at a high level and played it for a long time. It's about business. It's cutthroat. It can be tough. Does Don Garber and his crew, do they go back to the table and say, look, we, we cannot afford not to be in St. Louis. This is a moneymaker. This is something that's going to help us with a large television market that's top 25. Are all those things on the table as well in terms of them coming back to the table uh, with this ownership group? No doubt about it, Dan. I, I also think this discussion, you know, where St. Louis still has to prove their worth, for lack of a better phrase, is that corporate sponsorship and that kind of dollar, that's where Jim Cavanaugh and the Taylor family are going to have to show their mettle. But if we're really talking about top five, top seven markets, there's no way Don Garber and the Board of Governors, which is all of that ownership group, I've had multiple owners, over seven, eight owners, come to me and tell me, if St. Louis ever got their act together, it's done. It's it's there. But now there's a wrinkle because Cincinnati and Nashville, who you and I, if you would have asked me two years ago, I would have said, no chance they're in Nashville. Well, they are. Cincinnati absolutely has surprised everyone with that support. Over 25000 a game for a USL game, Dan. So soccer is the upcoming sport. And we've said that for 30, 40 years. It's actually here now. And so now that's where St. Louis still has to roll up their sleeves and prove that the corporate sponsorship and all of that is there. But I, for those of you that are listening, I don't think people understand is that the moment that stadium is built and you're flying into St. Louis and the arch is there and you see that soccer-specific stadium, I promise you United States men's and women's national teams are going to be playing their biggest games there because you're going to get a United States-only crowd, if that makes any sense. And who knows what happens with Columbus, Dan? I, I know some of your listeners may not know, but Jimmy Haslam, the Cleveland Browns owner, has just 
uh, announced that he is in verbal agreement. They still got to, you know, cross their T's, dot their I's to buy Columbus crew and keep them in Columbus. So that throws a wrinkle into now what does the Board of Governors look at? What do they think about? You know, with the expansion said to be only 28 teams, I'll tell you, there's no way they stop at 28 because Austin, Texas is coming in and other teams, you know, you've got to be in North Carolina at some point. So there's a lot to be had here. But I, I go back to my story six, seven years ago when they all sat down and said expansion cities. Who do we look at? St. Louis was 1A. What's the timetable now to make this happen? So the general fan here in St. Louis, they've seen the press conference. They see politicians wearing scarves and waving the, the flags and being excited while Kavanaugh and the others are really digging in deep on this thing. What's the timetable? What needs to happen next? Uh, right now to get this done. Uh, and I'm glad you asked that question because this isn't like, hey, we announced it, okay, now we can take a deep breath. No, Jim Cavanaugh and the Taylor family, they're going 100 miles an hour. And you have to, Dan, because of the Columbus situation that I just mentioned, there's a lot to be had. So I think what Jim Cavanaugh is going to do, he's going to do his homework, which is what he's always done through this process, and see how then do they sell, for lack of a better word, their corporate engagement in nationally and both locally and show that kind of number and what that's going to look like to the Board of Governors in Major League Soccer, whether that's in New York. I fully expect Don Garber and a couple of the expansion committee to fly to St. Louis, see the site, even though Don, Don has already seen that. Um, but this is this is at the forefront. This isn't like, you know, we're going to be looking at this two, three years down the road. I, I think you're looking at the next eight to nine months being extremely important for the Kavanaugh and Taylor family. Now, you also have to have the fan support. And I think everybody realizes that this is a great soccer town, as we mentioned, and fans would come out. However, I'm sure Don Garber and his team are, are wondering, well, what's been the fallout, in, for lack of a better term, or the – the good news coming away from that press conference from the fans' reception to that. So my question would be, Taylor, what can fans do to, to show support, to, to, to try to get more momentum going towards a stadium and bringing a team here? I think being up to date just with how, you know, when that pep rally comes, when Don Garber and the expansion committee are in St. Louis, you know, staying up to date, quite honestly, I would love to see St. Louis have 10,000 people show up and people laugh at it and and hear me out. But I I showed up at Cincinnati and there was over 5,000 people and I was sitting there going, wait a minute, what? This is a pep rally, right? So it's a foregone conclusion that you're going to support soccer in St. Louis. You and I both know that, but you still got to prove it. And the one thing that has always held St. Louis back, Dan, and I've always, I've never been scared to say it, is they still always believed that CBC versus Viani, St. Louis U High versus Desmet is the best game in town. Right. It's not. It's over. That time is gone. It is so far gone that soccer in St. Louis is still at the heartbeat. It's still at the core of the but you've got to change and you've got to evolve and you've got to open up your mind and your heart and actually show it. That's what I would advise these St. Louis fans to say is, listen, any opportunity you got, you have to show it because the one thing that has held that city back is saying, oh, well, 1950 World Cup team was all from St. Louis. That was a long time ago, Dan. I hate to mention it to people, but that was a long time ago. And soccer's completely changed in this country. I just want St. Louis to realize that, show their humility a little bit, and then when they do – 
that's when I think it's a top five market in this country. What about Taylor Twelman? Would would you want to have any interest in coming back to St. Louis and being a part of this group or unequivocally? Type? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, unequivocally, Dan. Now the hard part is, and and it, I've been gone for a long time. I've actually lived in Boston longer than any other city in my life, and so the hard part to that is. You know, the success I had in Boston for the revolution and being as close as I am to the Kraft family, that, that's not as an easy decision as many people would think. Uh, but for the listeners and for even you, Dan, I'm already helping Jim. I'm already going to help the Taylor family. I'm going to do anything I can to make sure this gets off the right way in St. Louis. But to say I wouldn't be interested, I'd be lying to you. What can we do, media, fans, you, you mentioned the pep rallies and, and whatnot, do they pay attention to social media? Do they do they look at what the fan engagement is with the the enterprise no folks? I, it's actually a great question. So hashtag MLS for the Lou. So it's MLS, the number four, the Lou. They're watching that. And what surprised a lot of people in the league office in New York is how quickly that came. And by the way, hashtag Save the Crew became so viral that you know Jason Duffner in the PGA Championship was wearing a Save the Crew hat for his opening round right. of that tournament, right? So social media, there's a real power there. So don't think fans in St. Louis cannot you know, partake in that and actually participate and get into that uh, and drive it. That's easily the simplest way I think St. Louis fans can do it. But the public appearances, when it happens, my goodness. And as media, Dan, I don't actually worry about it. Someone asked me this the other day. You know, here, I just told you, I've been been in Boston for, what, almost 17, 18 years. You're struggling because of the Red Sox and the Patriots and the Bruins and the Celtics of getting on the map. I think people don't realize that when MLS is in St. Louis and they're playing, Dan, I think you're going to have conversations during the Redbirds games. Oh, like, there's no doubt. I, I don't think people understand that, oh, it's going to be at the forefront. And, and people laugh at me when I say the Cardinals and, and the Blues, but there's going to be a competition there. I'm not saying they're overtaking the Cardinals by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think people realize the younger demographic, they're going to be calling into radio stations and everything online and asking you questions. And that's where I think St. Louis is one of those few cities where you land in the airport and guess what? You're actually talking about the soccer team as much, if not more, than you are talking about the hockey and baseball team. Hey, St. Louis, Dan McLaughlin here. Big things are happening at Schnucks, especially in October. This month, you'll start to see Schnucks stores popping up all over the city. Living in St. Louis, you know Schnucks is committed to the communities they serve. Now, there will be 19 new Schnucks stores in neighborhoods all around town. You'll also notice that prices are falling, and your points will be piling up with the Schnucks Rewards app. So check out a new store near you. Come say hello. Visit schnucks.com for the full list of new stores. See you at Schnucks. One of the most ridiculous things I've seen in sports and I've been around it now for 30 years here in St. Louis was when Stan Kroenke and the Rams left town they kicked a dead body and and kept kicking it and one of the things that they put in the letter talking about why they moved was that it was very tough to compete against the St. Louis Cardinals so (laughs) which is just ridiculous in itself but um, does the MLS um, have any reservations in that regard competing against the Cardinals or the Blues? And do they look at it, though, and say, well, wait a minute, we're watching the Cardinals and the Blues, and those two teams really come together. We could really jump on board with that, too, and make it a, a three-team uh, type city. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to put it, but no, is there that's any, a great qu- it's you know a great question. Like, yeah. it, yes, exactly. Like New York City and the New York Red Bulls, it, it's – 
no one's competing with the New York Post and the New York Yankees. But I don't think what people understand is even though the St. Louis Cardinals are ingrained in the city, and that is the city, and that's what you and I grew up with, and that's what we still love and talk about, what people don't understand about baseball versus soccer, it's two completely different demographics. And that's the one part, and Dan, you know this better than anyone, St. Louis is one of the odd markets in Major League Baseball, but most markets in Major League Baseball, baseball is 40 and over. Absolutely. Right? And so now, especially, and I said this, and people laughed at it the day Kroenke announced that they were leaving St. Louis. I said, this is the only time Major League Soccer could ever work in St. Louis. Yeah. Because if the Rams were there, now you and I are having a di- more difficult conversation because that's a real competition. But my goodness, Dan, I, I don't believe, I think the Cardinals are going to help the soccer team, and quite honestly, I think the soccer team is going to help the Cardinals because what I envision is the Cards-Cubs at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and the soccer team's playing at 7 o'clock, and now all of a sudden all those bars, and now you're talking about what if it's Kansas City or Chicago and all those fans travel? Dan, now all of a sudden you're talking about people staying in downtown, spending money in their downtown, and now I think the the Cards, the DeWitts, I think all of them are going to embrace it and actually schedule games around that. So now all of a sudden downtown St. Louis is prospering instead of I'm going to go to a game, I'm going to stay, and I'm out of there. I think that may change a little bit if the cards and the soccer team are on the same page. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and it just brings business. It, it brings money and it brings a younger demographic to town, um, which is so important. And the thing I, I have found to be uh, just amazing to me is that when you look at perennial high schools, and we all know how parochial St. Louis can be, but perennial powerhouses in football in high school aren't able to field C teams and B teams and JV teams because of the lack of interest because of concussions and injuries in football. They're gravitating towards soccer. And I would hope that, and I've got young kids that play soccer, I would hope that the people that are are looking at what we're having the opportunity to potentially get here is a sport that not only is growing very rapidly right now, but you got to think big picture. And 10, 15, 20 years down the line, this is one of the biggest draws to the city, and I'm not sure people are thinking in those terms. No, they're not. And, and Dan, I'll actually say this, and I said this to the mayor, and I said this to a couple other St. Louis uh, political people when the first go-around came, is that I don't think you understand how international market St. Louis, you know, internationally, St. Louis becomes a market if you build the right stadium. Because now all of a sudden, if you're talking about when the European teams come over and Manchester United is playing Man City, they're not playing at Bush Stadium with all due respect. They're playing at that soccer-specific stadium. Now all of a sudden you're on the map. Or when U.S. plays Colombia or U.S. plays Mexico in a World Cup qualifier. See, Dan, that's where I don't think people still think. And that's what I meant by my previous comment about the old history of St. Louis hinders it a little bit because they don't think that way. Sure, sure. They think, oh, well, you know, the bronze boot game just came back. That's great. That's history. My father and uncles all played in that. But the one thing I've always said, my dad has always told me that because my my father's career outside of St. Louis was more so, and he was never considered to be in the St. Louis group and there was a reason why because he got out of that and saw it st louis the moment they realized the potential of the international market that it is 
skin. And who cares about the local stuff? I mean that right. because internationally, the thing's going to exponentially grow the city. And it's going to become a landmark uh, market, so to speak, of this sport. Because everyone then's going to look at it and go, holy cow. And then the U.S. national team is going to say, no, I want to be there. And then it, when the Kavanaugh family and the Taylor family build a 30 to $40 million training facility and do it right, then international teams are coming over saying, no, we're going to train there. It just – listen, if Kansas City can do it, Dan, and it's not a shot at Kansas City, but what they're doing with sporting Kansas City, St. Louis is that times 10 if they do it right. Yeah, the tentacles of, a, of this franchise could be enormous. Um I'm curious, just off the top of my head, I was thinking about this. When a team is not playing at that stadium, and, and what you've seen with other MLS stadiums, what goes in there in terms of local teams playing or concerts being brought in, whatever the case may be, what what else happens with those it, stadiums? It depends on how they look at it and how they want to do it. Now, the struggle is what we're seeing over the last three, four years, and it's actually a phenomenal question, Dan, because – it says a statement to your market and to your fan base what's more important. Now, the stadiums that were built from 2005 to 2000, uh, I'm, I'm going to say 10 for lack of a better, you know, just for that frame of reference, all of those stadiums were built. Look at Chicago, look at Dallas, look at Columbus. All these stadiums that were built were built with a concert, a stage at the end. And then what all of a sudden the Orlandos and the LAFCs and all these cities that now know, and I give the credit to the Seattles and Portlands of the world, and the reason why I bring up Seattle and Portland, soccer's ingrained in the heartbeat of that city's history, just like St. Louis. No one wants to go to a game with a stage at the end of the stadium. Sure. They want, they want to know they're going to a soccer experience. So to answer your question, you can fill those dates. But right now, if you build the right stadium, you make it the right number. You create a demand, which Sporting Kansas City did better than anyone, and they had a 1,500-person season ticket waiting list the first year that stadium opened. That's what St. Louis has to do. I'm not sure you need to fill those. Now, I've said this to, J- to Kavanaugh and, that fam- and the Taylor family. Listen, you definitely have the high school games if you want to. You showcase that, but... I, you don't want to have high school football on it the way Houston does. So Houston has college football on it. It ruins the field. It takes away from the event. And the one thing that St. Louis is going to have over uh, Houston or whatnot, they're going to sell out every game. Yes. I don't think people are, you know, if they build 19,000, if they build 25, uh, now you're, you know, but if you build 19,000, Dan, and create this demand with the idea that you're going to expand 15 years, 10 years down the road, I'm not sure you need a lot in there. I I really don't. But you can do, because of the international breaks and whatnot, you could do one or two concerts, fill that up if you need to, if you want to. Uh, But it's important that soccer's at the forefront because I think the St. Louis fans going to – if you show up and there's a stage at the end end of the stadium the way there is in some of these others, I I think the St. Louis fans are going to say, wait a minute, no, I want a soccer-specific stadium. Yeah, I agree. Um, I want to ask you, too, for fans that are on the fence about this, Give us an idea of a game day experience in the MLS. What, what is it like? First off, 
there's nothing better because it doesn't take you four and a half hours. I mean, so the best part about a soccer game is that it's 90 minutes. And so, the you know, let's say it's 75, 80 degrees in May. It's absolutely gorgeous. You go down to the stadium. There's often tailgating. A lot of the soccer experience, and this is what I hope St. Louis does, is there's bars and restaurants and patios that are out. You know, you go down, you bring your family. I think the way the sport's growing right now, it's actually more of a younger professional kind of demographic. But there's nothing better. And the one thing I've noticed about the experience is the ball's in play for 90 minutes. There's no stoppage. You've got your halftime. The kids gravitate to that. The kids know, okay, I'm going to watch the game for 45 minutes. Then we go out. You know, it's not up, down, left, right. You're, you're buying. You, you don't need to watch the baseball game the whole time. You then leave. It's three hours. It's a completely different experience. It's a much more faster, quicker, intense experience than anyone else. And quite honestly, the kids love it. And that's the, the younger you are. You enjoy it more, and I think a big part of that is because maybe all of us have ADD or whatnot. <laughs> I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> the, the when they brought the international games to Bush Stadium, did yep. the MLS take a look at that and go, "Wow, look at these crowds! What if we had yeah, soccer for specific no stadium?" Doubt about it, but, yeah, yeah, but Dan, you know what? You know what's weird is people are going to laugh, but St. Uh, St. Louis hosted U.S. versus St. Vincent and the Grenadines. That was the game. That was actually the World Cup qualifier for the United States that everyone goes, wait, what? That's St. Vincent in the Grenadines, and you had 28,000 sold within the first day? Yeah. That I was, was there. That was the game changer. Because, yeah. listen, it's always hard to judge, and, and that's where soccer's changed over the last five years, is that the, you know now because of the exposure to the sport, Dan, you and I don't need to take our friends, family, kids, or whatnot – to see Man City versus Man United because we can see them every weekend. And that's changed. You know, where 20 years ago, 15 years ago, all those games weren't televised. So that was your first opportunity. So while the Man City, I think I did Man City-Chelsea at Bush Stadium. I called the game. Yeah, everyone looks around and you're like, wow, that's amazing. But then I did the St. Vincent Grenadines game versus the United States. And I remember getting three or four texts from MLS owners saying, wait a minute, what? Right, And that's when they were like, okay, hold on here, right? And, and that's where the whole thing, I think, opened up a lot of people's eyes saying we need to be in markets that live and breathe. And you said it at the beginning of this interview, right, Dan? Like, it's still a top 25 market. We're not talking about going to the middle of nowhere. Well, I think that gets overlooked. It's, it's still yeah. a top 25 television market. The other thing, Dan, and I'm so glad you brought that up, is that market is not watching MLS right now. Sure. So when people look at television ratings, the difficult part is that because of no promotion relegation, because of the no open system, you tell me, Dan, why someone will watch Major League Soccer in St. Louis or Charlotte or Phoenix, Arizona. So when they brought up expansion six, seven years ago, they were looking at it saying, well, wait a minute, we got to find these markets. And then when you watch the international television ratings, St. Louis, San Diego, Phoenix, Charlotte, Richmond, Virginia, like, you know what I'm saying? All those... All the non-MLS markets are on there, and you're going, hold on here. That's also why D.C. United just went out and said, wait a minute, we got to get Wayne Rooney, because people don't know D.C. is the number one market for EPL ratings. Right, right. So say, I don't think people realize television-wise what St. Louis is going to do, because they're all watching the sport of soccer. They're just not interested in MLS right now because they don't have a team. I wanted to bring this up before I let you go. You have been at the forefront of concussions, uh, dealt with them, obviously, and you have a foundation, Think Taylor Foundation. 
which not only de- is dealing with soccer and and the the head issues in the sport, but all sports, sports related concussions. Um, just tell me about your foundation and uh, how it got started, why you did it for fans who don't know, but the Think it, Taylor Foundation. Yeah, thanks, Dan, for bringing it up. I appreciate it. Uh, it was. To make a long story short, my concussion was in 2008, uh, late August, and that concussion changed my life. You know, I I, have restrictions now for the rest of my life. I still struggle with symptoms here and there, and part of my rehabilitation, uh, thanks to my family and my wife, was why don't we help others? And I say this, you know, not to toot my own horn, but if the all-time leading goal scorer for the revolution and, and arguably the medical capital of our country and the world in Boston, Massachusetts can't get the proper treatment and the right answers, then something's wrong. And so part of my message to everyone is then, you know, what is the eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 12-year-old girls and boys, what kind of messages are they getting? All I want to do is to create social change regarding traumatic brain injuries. And what I mean by that, and I created a pledge, if we're more honest, you know, if we're more supportive, if we are more educated, my money is on the kids making better decisions than the way the coaches, parents, and the adults are at this time. And listen, we've made progress, Dan. You, you're asking me now in 2018, I'm not sure you and I are talking about this four years ago, five years ago. But the reality is, if we're more aware and more educated, then social change will happen. And a lot of people say it won't happen. I'm telling you right now, I've already seen social change. Uh, 2018, we had 4.1 million kids take the Think Taylor Pledge um, in the sport of soccer, and that to me tells me that it, my money's on the kids. The parents can't get in the way, and if we can educate the kids and, and give them a better idea of what it is, the reality is, Dan, then they're not going to make decisions that I probably should have made. This may be a tough question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How concerned are you about CTE in your own life and, and those that uh, are dealing with concussions? Yeah, it, it's a good question. I, um, you know, I shared a good part of the story in the junior say I was 30 for 30. He was a dear friend of mine and next door neighbor of mine up here in Boston when he was playing for the Patriots. Uh, I'm, I'm not really concerned, Dan, and the reality is it's out of my hands now. Sure. Uh, but more importantly, I've worked so hard at rehabilitating, and I continually do. I believe that I am going to write a book at the end of all of this, uh, and it's going to be a beacon of light for a lot of people saying, listen, you can get a concussion, you can make the right decision right when you get one, and you're not going to kill yourself. And that's the real hard thing for me is that we all, right now, everyone's saying, oh, CTE, and you're dead. No, I, Dan, you got a concussion. You probably had multiple when you were little. Oh, yeah. Everyone's going to get a concussion. It's what we do afterwards. Um, but to answer your question, I'm not, I don't think about it too much because the concussions are over in my life. Now it's what I'm doing now and I'm rehabilitating my brain and I've seen positive signs. How many, uh, how many athletes, pro athletes reach out to you? That's that's your best question. People would die. I can't imagine. How many NHL, NFL, Major League Baseball, and there's been few NBA that will reach out anonymously because they know I'm not going to tell anyone publicly asking questions. Um, And that's the funny thing because I think the average American fan would laugh because they all tell me soccer has no place in our society and whatnot, and yet a lot of these guys are asking a soccer player, what do you do? (laughs) I think what helped Dan, though, is my story coming out. 
that I'm open about it. And I think what's helped on that is then people will research my history and, do, and then realize, oh, well, he was a good baseball player. He did, you know, I played multiple sports. So I think that's helped them realize that I'm not you're just I'm not really a typical soccer guy so to speak sure and and the best place to go find it and maybe for parents that are listening to this uh what should they do where, where can they find more about yep. the foundation think, yep thinktaylor.org um this year we partnered with the United States Soccer Federation and the reason why I partnered with the federation is that I can get both boys and girls and too often we're forgetting about the girls who actually have uh, more exposure to concussions at a younger age. So I feel like if I educate the girl, the soccer demographic in our country, I'm going to get boys and girls. So uh, thinktaylor.org. Well, when St. Louis gets a team here and you're running the team, just don't don't forget about me, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have you on my podcast then, <laughs> Taylor, thanks so much. I appreciate it. No, great talking to you, buddy. Again, thanks to uh, Taylor for his dedication and passion for soccer here in St. Louis. And also... Uh, Many thanks to Jim Cavanaugh of Worldwide Technology, the Taylor family stepping up, putting forth the effort, and trying to make this happen. They are to be commended. As Taylor said in the podcast, if you're on social media, make your voice heard. Use the hashtag MLS4TheLou. MLS, the number four, the Lou. Thanks for checking out Scoops with DannyMac.com.